Good evening. Hope you're having a great week this week. It's Wednesday already. The weeks fly by. Let's just stand and give God praise tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. We are a chosen generation. Rise up, holy nation. God, we
Step away from this place. 
just stay here. I'd like the um, music just to continue. You know, um, before service started, and, and Tatum's already alluded to some things and the things that she has shared, and, and I, if you were here for a worship practice, which was awesome and wonderful, even tonight, it's gone to even a different place. And um, before service, the Lord just kind of dropped uh, two pictures into my mind, and they're from the scriptures. And one is found in Psalms 84, and the other is found in Genesis. I think it was 21. I gave Mike the references. Um, But uh, don't worry about putting the scriptures up, Mike. You found yourself In a place of weeping The tears fell In the place of weeping This is the time You're about to move From the place It speaks of the the scriptures. It's in, especially in the King James. It's just referred to as the the Valley of Baca, which is B A C A. And you know, without knowing what the Hebrew is, you wouldn't know what what the scriptures talking about. But it refers to the Valley of Weeping. Baca is Hebrew for weeping. And the scriptures refer to that place in Psalms 84. And, 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 then, and then in a couple of verses, it goes all the way from that place of weeping, which is Baca, to a place, and in the Hebrew, it's Berakha, which is blessing. So you start out in a place of weeping, but through the Lord and through your, you know, coming before Him in that place of weeping, there's a transition into the place of blessing. And there's another picture in scriptures, and it's in, it's in Genesis. And some of you may remember the scriptures. I'm not going to take time to go through it and read it all. Um, but it's the picture of when Hagar, which was Abraham's, you know, Abraham and Sarah's slave girl, and Ishmael had been born, and she, and she was driven out. And she's in a, in a place, and she begins to weep because there's no more water. And her son is dying. There's no water for her son. And she and it's a place of weeping. Now I don't know who this is for tonight, but it's for somebody. The place of weeping that she was in, the angel came and visited her. And this is what he says to her. Look up. And she looks up and she sees a well. And she goes from a place of weeping to a well. Mm. And that...
For somebody tonight, maybe several somebodies, you have been in a season and a place of weeping, but tonight is that transition. Tonight, you're going to go from verse 14 to 15 or whatever the verses are in Psalms 84 and Genesis from that place where Hagar is weeping to the place where she looks up. Open your eyes. Lift up your eyes. See the world. The season of weeping is past. The season of joy has come. It's time for blessing. Weep no more. a picture a while ago 
it was a group of children playing. And even though these children were at play, the faces of these children was each and every one of us in here. Each one of these children had our faces on it. And what I was getting from this picture at the time that what Tatum was singing was God was saying, as you bring your cares and your worries and your hurts to me, I will put a peace upon you that you can liken unto the lightheartedness of a child. So, Father God, tonight, Lord, we just say yes. 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 So, Father God, tonight, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe, we receive. Father God, for, for each and every one of us, Father, regardless of whether that place of weeping was for a specific individual, but, Lord, in a way, Father, each one of us has those places. And so, Father God, tonight as a corporate body, God, we praise you and thank you, Father, for moving and transition, Lord. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you see us. And tonight, God, we come to you as little children, Lord, and we hear you singing over us. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, for, for transition and shifting and change and moving from a season of weeping, God, to a place where there's wells of joy and wells of blessing. God, we just praise you and give you glory for that tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just praise you and thank you for it, Lord. Let's just give the Lord a, a praise tonight. Hallelujah.
you want to begin to find your places, we'll just continue with the service. Thank you. Thank you so much, worship team. You guys are just, just if you guys would just keep playing, I wouldn't think I'd be able to preach, which would probably be okay. Which would probably be okay. Um, just want to run through a few announcements tonight. First of all, if for those that may not know, my, my name is Pastor Sean. Um, I'm an associate pastor here. Our senior pastors, Pastor Eric and Pastor Shelley, are in um, Orlando enjoying some rest and relaxation and refreshing. And so um, I don't know if they're watching tonight. I, usually they text me when I, I don't even pay attention to my phone during service. And so if they are, we bless you guys tonight. But if, in case you're wondering what's going on tonight, that's, what's, you know, that's where they are. If you happen to remember them, just remember to pray blessings on them as they uh, finish out their time. And they will be back Sunday, yes. And, and when they come back, they kind of left with their feet in roller skates and speeding. And when they come back, they're going to land with their feet in roller skates and just, you know, we've very, very full schedules, very, very busy. So um, so much needed time of rest. Uh, your, your announcements are in your bulletins. Um, I just want to bring your attention to just one or a couple. We've got a couple of things that are coming up. Um, if uh, you notice some, maybe some changes in the parking lot, uh, what's going on is we're having a, uh, the Gideon's Army uh, Ministries is having a prayer summit in our parking lot. They started last night with a Spanish service. I left just as the music was beginning, and they were just practicing, but it was just, it was like, oh. <laughs> it was just good. So, um, so that actually begins after our service tonight. And, and I don't remember if it's for the youth or for the... Is it youth tonight? Youth. Okay, thank you. Somebody's helping me out. So tonight, it's, they're going to have a service for young people from 8.30 until question mark. And then tomorrow night is an English service, and I believe it starts at 7. 7. So if you have questions about that, you, I saw Christy earlier, and she, she's here. And, or you might ask. There's a few other people that know, so... Um, and then one other announcement that I want to make sure is, um, I'm not sure what day this is, September 27th, which maybe is Friday night. Does that sound right? I didn't check my phone. Um, there is a life group meeting. The, the, they haven't given it a name. It says the Walker R&R life group, but that's the ones that are, from what I know, it's the crafting, crafting, and they do Pinterest projects and stuff. So if you want to know more about that, you can see Michelle. She's the one that sings on the worship team on this side. And um, she's back teaching the 5th and 6th right now. But you can catch her after service if you want to know about, uh, more about that. They will be meeting here in the rock room, which is the room off the kitchen by the fellowship hall. And it's uh, Friday night at 7. It says, don't forget your supplies. So hopefully if you're part of that group, you already know what those supplies are. Um, I want to I just take a few moments uh, before we take our offering. And... Uh, uh, if you could just stand with me, this will kind of get your in giving position. But uh, let's, we do have uh, some some needs. They were in our bulletin. And let's just take them before the Lord before we move on. Um, the, 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 the few that are lifted here, we uh, for those that were here on Sunday, we know that Shauna Porter's grandmother passed away, and so continue to remember that family. Um, Larry Young and Lynn Young are, uh, there's Shauna here. You normally sit over here. You're not allowed to change seats. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so they're over there. So, and uh, so continue to remember their family. Um, Larry and Lynn Young uh, need their he Larry needs healing in his body, and uh, Lynn 
need strength. They need wisdom. Just a lot of different things there they need. And then um, Amber, Camber, Amber Campbell's friend, Nina, is preparing for cataract surgery, and um, which would be in the eyes. And so that's, I'm sure, not a fun thing. To, my, my dad has had some eye surgery. And I just like, oh, I'm glad that's not me. I just can't imagine sitting there. You know, you know how they have those things in the, you see in the news or whatever where they make the X on the leg that they're supposed to operate on or whatever, and like, what if they caught the wrong one? You know, their eyes and oh, it's just like. That. But anyway, so let's just go before the Lord for these and whatever other needs are out there. And so, Father God, Lord, you know the needs of the house tonight. Lord, we thank you, Father. Lord, as we come, Lord, we come recognizing, Father, that there are members of our body who are going through. Lord, they may not be passed through that valley of weeping that we spoke of. Father, they may be just entering it, and they may be in the middle of it. And so, Father God, tonight, Lord, we just lift up those in our body who are battling physical situations and and family situations and different things, Father. Lord, we've, we've listed the physical ones from our bulletin. And Father, tonight we ask for your strength, for your strength and for your wisdom just to flow over them, pour onto them, pour into them in Jesus' name. Father God, let them find that as they continue to walk, that the steps are easier. Lord, there's a scripture that talks about us giving the supply of, of, of every member of the body giving their supply. And Father, tonight we give our supply to assist and to aid those in our body that are struggling tonight. In the name of Jesus, whatever the situations are, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just believe and receive, Father. You know what they are. Father God, tonight in the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote that and said that people would be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man. And God, we ask that tonight. We ask that tonight. For those, Lord, who are weak and faltering and about to fall, we ask for strength in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you have offering tonight, if you're not familiar with the way that we receive offering, our baskets are in front. And so um, I'm just going to uh, pray over it. And uh, you're welcome then to come and place your offerings in the baskets. The ushers will then you know, whisk it off in the back. And so, Father God, tonight, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Father, for visiting us tonight and being so close to us, Lord. As we were singing, how we just wanted to be in your presence, Lord. We were in your presence. We are in your presence. And we thank you so much for that. Lord, as we give our offerings, Lord, we give with the consciousness of your nearness. Lord, that you see and you receive our offerings tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
That was a very appropriate song, Justin. You know, most of the time, the people in the sound booth are kind of invisible. They, even when I came in during worship practice, the, the previous sound person, they used to, it's an adjustable chair, and they would lower it. <laughs> and it really bugged Pastor Eric because, you know, you couldn't even see them back there. They were just like, Ugh. And so when I came in tonight, I thought it was so funny because Justin was just way low, you know. But, um, and so even though they may be invisible, I want you to hear that song was talking about a mountain and moving it. And it's very, very appropriate and just so in line with what I'm speaking on tonight. So it's like God is so good to orchestrate all these things. Before I begin to speak, I'm just going to pray. And so, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for, for your word and for your spirit. Lord, without your word and without your spirit, Lord, we, where would we be? And so, Father, tonight, though, we have your word and we have your spirit. And, Lord, we believe we receive, Father, that as this message goes forth tonight, as your word goes forth tonight, God, we believe we receive ears to hear and hearts to understand. Uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask for your help, Lord, with pictures and flow and all those things, Lord, that, that make the message easier to understand and, and, and to where people can grasp what you are presenting in your word. And I just thank you for it, Lord, and praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, so uh, we've been, as Pastor Eric has mentioned, we've been talking about joy and hope. It's been on the banners. We've been, you know, it's been two or three weeks that we've been going through message after message of joy and hope. And tonight we're going to actually probably bounce on some of the scriptures that have been in the uh, messages that you've heard. So some of them will probably sound familiar. You may already know them. Um, but tonight I'm going to come from a little bit different tack. Yes, tack is in like a boat, which which steering. So different direction. And so we're going to actually start with the enemies of hope. The enemies of hope. So, so go ahead, um, Mike. There's a few things that a lot of times, you know, Pastor Virginia likes to call it core values or core beliefs. There's things that sometimes we have in our thinking, we have in our mindsets that a lot of times we don't even realize are there. And so um, I'm going to just kind of go through a couple. Now... <laughs> My preface to this message is, um, and, and as a way of explanation, <clears throat> this message is what the Lord talked to me about. So, so this isn't a finger-pointing message of, at anybody, but these are things that I found the Lord beginning to finger in my own thinking, in my own you know, experience, and, and not in the very recent times. So as we're beginning to go through this message, is on joy and hope. So, so, this is, so some of these things, you know, Maybe they apply to you, but they definitely had begun to creep into my thinking and applied to me. So the first one I'd like to throw out there tonight is this word, fate. Fate. Now, most of us, you know, the English language is huge, probably a word that we just don't use very much. But um, I want to just give you a couple definitions for fate. One is it's the development of events, uh, the development of events beyond a person's control. The development of events beyond a person's control regarded as determined by a supernatural power. Okay? Now, some of, some of you may have had some Greek mythology and, you know, you may have had some stuff in school. There actually, in mythology, there were what was called fates. So when it's talking about the supernatural powers, it's talking about a, 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 a Greek mythological kind of thing. 
the development of events beyond a person's control regarded as determined by a supernatural power. So, so it's like a puppet on a string. We're down here, and whatever happens in our lives is not really in our control. Go ahead, Mike. And um, back one. Um, the, next, the next one is to be destined to happen, to turn out or act in a particular way. Okay? So it was just fate that it happened that way. In other words, it happens and there's nothing that can be done about it. It's destined. Okay? Somebody else has decided this is going to happen outside of my ability to, to do anything about it. So... Um, and this, when I say we don't really realize, I didn't realize how much I allowed that idea of there are things in my life beyond my control. To um, that idea of fate, you know, it, it's, in, it's in a lot of the things that we see on TV, movies, just all kinds of stuff. Things just happen, and, and I didn't, I'm not going to even take the time to go through examples. But what I really want to focus on is that this idea of there are things that I cannot control in my life or change in my life gets into our thinking even as believers. Even as believers. So go ahead. Um, and, and again, the key is this, this idea of things being beyond a person's control. <laughs> I can already hear, well, there are things beyond our control. I can't change the president. I can't do this. I can't do that. What I'd like you to do is to hear me out tonight. Okay? So instead of throwing up the walls that say there's things beyond my control and, I'm, and stop and, do, and not listen to the rest of the message, just hear me out tonight. Now, outside the church, whether you're watching the news or you're watching movies or whatever, there, it's, it's just a vague idea of who or what that controlling power, the supernatural power and sometimes inside the church, we're taught that it's God. There was an amen. <laughs> Maybe not in your church, but in some churches tonight, they teach what is called predestination. And even in churches who don't teach predestination, what that means is that everything's decided beforehand. God has it written in his book, everything that we're ever going to do and we really don't have any say about that. We're either destined to be saved or destined to be lost, and we're not going to get into all the ins and outs of that. But even in churches who don't teach that, it's taught that God is in control. He's the one who's out there, and he's in control. Now, <laughs> um, and so even inside the church, we sometimes get that idea, again, it's, it's not under my control. It's out there. Either God's controlling it or somebody else is controlling it. Um, and, and this is another key. Even if God is not determining the course of events in my life, he's not make, even if he's not the one that's given me these bad circumstances, he's certainly not interested in changing them. Okay? A few years ago, there was a really popular song. Very popular. And it was um, God... You know, and it was like, oh, a religious popular culture song. Um, and I was all excited about it until I heard the, the lyrics. And it said that God is watching from a distance. God is watching from a distance. Some of you may remember this song. I'm not even going to try to sing it. But what the idea was is that we're down here on earth, and God is way up there far away, and 
even though he's out there and he may love us, he's not really involved in my life or what's happening. Popular culture song, pop charts, all those things. And, and in churches and in life, we get the idea that things are happening and even if I were to pray about them, they're not really going to change. And a lot of times that happens because we tried to pray, maybe as a young person, we, you know, maybe when we first got saved, it's like, oh, I can pray and ask God for things. And nothing happened. Nothing changed. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands tonight, but has anybody ever had a prayer not answered? Okay. When that happens in our life, we can decide that God is not interested in me and God is not interested in my the things that are happening to me or in my life. Um, and sometimes, the, the, the little bottom paragraph thing there, it's, sometimes it doesn't even have anything to do with God. Okay, God's not on our thinking. We're just living our lives. But we still have this idea that other people or other things are in control. My boss, my employer, these different things. And so my life... My income, where I live, all these things are in the hands of other people. I'm not in control. Now, at first it was, it was you know, I kind of go through this. Um, this, I think, when I was, you know, just praying about this and preparing for this, it kind of occurred to me that a lot of it probably comes from when we were little children. How many of us had power in, in our home as children? <laughs> or did we not have any power? We were told what to do. We were told what to think, where to sit, when, when to do it, and all those things. And if you didn't do it, whoosh, 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 whoosh. And the parents raised children. The parents had the power, and the children were to see, be seen, not heard, do what they're told. Okay, so sometimes this comes from the way that we were raised. We are raised to feel powerless. We don't have control over our lives. We don't kind of control over the things that are happening to us. So, I'm going to just go on. Um, you need to go back one, I think. Okay, I guess. Go ahead, one more. Um, no, go ahead and go back one. Or is, am I, was that the other way? So wherever we were. But anyway. So, okay, so one forward one. <laughs> okay, one more. Okay. Now, we'll just go ahead and do this one. We may not call it fate, and I, do, I didn't in my own thinking. It's, it's not their problem. It's, I, I'm just, I was like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, what was I thinking? But, um, but anyway, so we may not call it fate, you know, and I didn't. But the Lord had to deal with me about that in my life. I began to think that things aren't going to change. You know, bad circumstances are just going to get worse. And I did not even really realize it. You know, I'm a pastor. I believe in God. I lead prayer groups. 
And I still allowed this feeling of I am powerless, I can't change things, to and 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 have this idea of that there's negative circumstances out there in my life that are beyond my control. And so and that whole idea is a thing of fate. So go ahead. Um, so we've already kind of mentioned that whole idea. Uh, when we believe in fate, you know, and we talk about that place, it, but it really is kind of birthed out of this feeling of powerlessness. But that powerlessness is what leads to hopelessness. When we believe we have no control over the people in our lives or the things in my life, my future, my destiny, my income, my children, what happens in other people's lives, our nation. If we believe that all of those things are beyond our control, we can't change any of it, we can't do anything about any of it, it results in hopelessness. Now, I, it's funny, when you stand up here, I am hearing people, but Sean, but Sean, I get the feedback. <laughs> There are things in my life are, that are outside my control. And that's true. We just had some teaching not too long ago where we don't control other people. Anybody, hopefully some people remember that. But we spent a long time talking about how we don't control other people. As parents, we don't control our children. As employers, we're not, you know, we don't have control of other people. And here I am, standing up here, telling you that you're powerful that you have some control over these things. And so it, I know that it sounds like it's not making sense. How does that weigh in with where all this? But just bear with me. Bear with me. Just, just you know, just bear with me. Let's just kind of keep plowing through. Um, so now Pastor Eric, this is going to be really similar to some things that Pastor Eric covered when about hope and, you know, you have to have hope in certain things. But if we believe that we, ourselves, are never going to change, that we are powerless to change ourselves. Maybe I have some, um, either an addiction or a problem or this or that or anger or temper or whatever. When I feel that I am powerless to change that and make it bring about any change, it brings hopelessness. You give up. Okay, but doesn't stop there. If we believe others are never going to change, if we have children, grandchildren, who are, you know, this expression is gone off the deep end, and we we get to that place where we, for all our praying or for all that we do, it feels like things are never going to change. But once we believe that they're never going to change, you know, we there's hopelessness. It's hopeless. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so that was one of our enemies, is this idea that things are beyond my control and I am powerless to change them. Okay, so that's one enemy of hope tonight. Let's look at another. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to go faster because <laughs> that was the longest one. I'm not going to leave you with just having these enemies and go home with, oh my, I'd only have enemies, you know. We're, we're going to get through that. We're plowing through. We're plowing through. Don't get, just bear with me. Another thing that brings hopelessness or as an enemy of hope, is disappointment. And the definition, just pull the definition out, it's feeling sad, unhappy, or displeased because something was not as good as expected or because something you hoped for or expected did not happen. 
again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but it's pretty much across the board that if you've ever lived, if you've ever born, if you've ever walked or learned to walk, you've experienced disappointment at some point in your life. And where that disappointment ends up, if it's something that becomes kind of our general view of life, where we stop, we experience something bad, and we stop expecting good. Notice in this definition, something, something you wanted something good, but it didn't come, it didn't happen. And if that happens over and over, you, you, you start to have hope for something, and but disappointment comes. Disappointment comes. And if it happens enough, it can bring a place where we become hopeless. Why even try believing that something's good's going to happen? I've been disappointed before, and I'm not even going to hope for anything good because I'm only going to be disappointed. Okay, so disappointment is a is is another enemy of hope. Um, from scripture, just to throw in a few scriptures here in the beginning, we're really going to get heavy into the scriptures at the end. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. You can say that when we had a desire for something good, and we got disappointed, that's that hope deferred. Deferred just means it didn't happen the way we wanted it. It didn't happen in the timing. It makes the heart sick. The heart sick. Go ahead, Mike. And and I I had never even thought of that. You know, I've been talking to Jody about this this whole thing of depression. This is something that was in the message, was that the Lord kind of dropped into my heart that when we get that heart sickness, the the secular world calls that heart sickness depression. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Depression. Another enemy of hope. Now, I threw this one in because this idea of wishing, you know, it's a fairy tale kind of idea. A lot of these things, it comes from outside of Scripture. The whole idea of fate and fate comes outside of Scripture. It's not in Scripture. Um, wishing. Have many ever heard of fairy tale? Well, you're granted three wishes. You get either the genie in the pot or you catch a special fish or whatever. All those fairy tales, they have to do with wish. But wish is to feel or express a strong desire or hope for something that is not easily attainable. I wish that I would be a millionaire. I wish that when I go outside right now, I'm going to have, you know, a nicer car or whatever. Not easily attainable. But this is the key, to want something that cannot or probably will not happen. Cannot or probably will not happen. Okay? The wish or the desire for something good is there, but there is not an expectation that it's really going to happen. Okay? That is an enemy of hope. And it's, it's just what it's wish. To wish is to feel or express a strong desire or hope for something that's not easily attainable, cannot or probably will not happen. So go ahead, next one. So I just, just to kind of put it and to start put, put this in some scriptural perspective, and we're going to get into a little bit more of it in a little bit. A wish is a desire without believing. And I had to, the Lord confronted we, me about all those places where I wished maybe that I was out of debt, or I wished that certain things were different in my life, but I wasn't believing for it. And even though my desire was good, without that faith, 
you're really hopeless. Without that believing that it's really going to happen, there's no hope. There's no hope in wishing. Hoping without believing is really wishing. See, the reason I'm trying to make some of this clarification is we can teach about joy and hope, but if you're thinking you're hoping, but you're really wishing, you're not going to have joy. And we're going to come to that if I can go faster. <laughs> okay, back up, Lo. Could you back up? There's just one more little point on the last one. And this is the, and again, you know, it's just the way that I was looking at it, counterfeit hope. Wishing is counterfeit hope. If you're wishing for something that you don't really believe it's going to happen, you're not really expecting something to change, it's really a counterfeit hope. Okay, go ahead. Um, now, okay, everybody can go, <sighs> we're going to get into the good part. Okay, those are the enemies. We've taken this few moments to look at the enemies. Now we're going to start looking at some positive things. Let's begin to look why we can have hope. Now, I wanted to really, I, don't, I know my time frame is pretty short, and I wanted to stress so much that those ideas of fate, disappointment, and, and wishing, they're outside of Scripture. We have this idea that there are things in our lives we're never going to change. We have this idea, whether it's ourselves, whether it's others, but you can't find that in God's Word. So, I just picked out a few scriptures, and we're probably going to kind of bounce around a little, Mike, just to kind of warn you. So, um, this is Mark eleven twenty three, And so, just, just listen. For assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, whosoever says to this mountain, now, Justin, you can see why that song was so appropriate. Whosoever says to this mountain. Okay. Do I have any whosoever's in the room? Okay, if you don't know it, you're a whosoever. <laughs> if you're living, breathing, you can talk. You know, you are a whosoever. How many of you can speak tonight? Give me an amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so you're a whosoever, and you can talk. Okay, so let's keep reading. I say to you that whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Now, the next slide, we're, we're going to probably skip it. But a mountain is something that we are seemingly powerless to change. Okay? Think about it. I, I, I know this may be a stretch, but a lot of Okies go to Colorado. <laughs> so when you did go to a place that had mountains, whether you went east or whether you went west, we don't have a lot of mountains here. So to talk about moving a mountain to a crowd of people who don't see them on a regular basis doesn't mean a whole lot. Okay, but if you're talking to somebody that lives in Colorado that looks at Pikes Peak every day, you know, it's like, if you really stop to think about it, and I really want to challenge you with this. How many mountains have you seen fly by lately? Okay, when you were driving down the street, oh, there goes, hey, somebody spoke to that mountain, and he told it to move, and there goes, oh, there's another one. Okay, it's not something we see in our experience, is it? So this seems so far out there to ever see a mountain move. Okay? We don't see them flying by. We don't, we don't hear about them. Have you heard about a mountain that was moved recently? Where, you know, oh, by the way, Mount Everest is now, boom, you know, over here. Okay? We don't hear about mountains moving. But that was the example that Jesus used. Okay? <clears throat> so, again, the scripture. 
Um, whoever says to that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So you have speaking and you have believing. I just encourage you tonight that if you're a whosoever and you can speak, and I'm going to tell you, you already have that gift of faith. I don't have the scriptures. But how many of you had to question whether or not the seat would hold you up tonight? Did you kind of scoot over to it and it's like, uh, you know, okay? You can believe. You already have that belief. Your believing is extremely developed for the negative. We all are. I'm not, you know, when I say you, all of us are. If we've grown up in our life, in our world system, we are so good at believing the bad. So all we have to do is turn that around and believe the good. So we, we're whosoever's. We can speak. <laughs> Some of us speak too much. <laughs> and we, we believe. We just have to shift what we've been believing in. Okay, so um, go ahead, Mike. Um, let's just go ahead. I, I'll, I'm going to take you. Um, uh, go ahead. This, what we're going to do, I'm going to skip a lot of this for the sake of time because I really want to develop and focus on another place. Go Next, 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 um, next, next, next. Okay, we're going to park here for a while. There's the things that, that I know are important. So if we had time, we would have gone through that. If you wanted to know what all those scriptures were, because like, oh, it's going so fast. So not half as fast as I would have had to do if I had to try to teach all those. But what we're going to do is I'm going to focus and just spend a few minutes, and I just sense that this is what the Lord would have us do. Now, whenever you try to do what this is, where you make a picture and you try to explain biblical things in a picture, there are always going to be drawbacks and shortcomings. But as, as I was you know, preparing this message, praying over this message, this picture came to me, and it was so simple and so clear um, there may be problems with it. I did not go all the way through to think, oh, you know, you know, so, and you might find a problem with it. But there are some things that you can learn from it. So, what we're going to start with, so we just talked about that we qualify. We speak, we're a whosoever, and we are, have that ability to believe. Now, the life of faith, I don't know about you, but whenever I started to learn about faith and believing, and, and it just seemed really, really hard. I couldn't get it. I studied and I studied and studied some of the scriptures that we just zipped through. Um, and it, it just was like, oh, Lord, I, I want to I do this, but I just don't get it. And um, so finally the Lord gave me a picture, but it wasn't this one. It helped me understand. That picture helped me understand. So hopefully this picture will take that life of faith. What does it mean to live by faith out of this realm of mystery and only pastors can do it and Pastor Virginia and great and mighty spiritual people that are out there over there, but never me. We're going to take that to a place just like we're all talkers, we're all whosoever's and we all believe. It's going to make it something that as you leave tonight, you can take it with you. Okay, so we're going to do, how many of you have ever been to a restaurant? 
Okay? The life of faith isn't any harder than going to a restaurant. Okay? So, how many of you are good at going out to eat? How many of you enjoy going out to eat? Okay? The life of faith is that way too. Okay? So there's just a few simple pictures here that are going to help us understand what the life of faith is all about. Now, the Word of God, okay, at a, at a restaurant, who's ever used a menu? Open it up, whether it's the fast food menu that's up here or the fancy restaurant menu that's on the table, okay? Is that hard to do? No, it's not hard to do at all, huh? Do I want fish or do I want chicken? That's what we always ask Calvin when we go out to eat. Fish or chicken? Okay. Uh, the Word of God is our menu. The Word of God is our menu. As we go through this picture, you'll see where all the pieces fit together. The Word of God is our menu. In the Bible, it begins to say things like, By His stripes we are healed. It says things like what we just read. That you can move any mountain just by talking to it. What? Okay? But... It's in the book. It's in the book. If it is in the book, it's like our menu. You can order it. Okay? Now, the Word of God is like the menu. Hope is your order. And, and, I, and again, I don't think it's ever really taught this way. You know, people... I mean, we, we talk about joy and hope, but this is what the, how the Lord had to do it for me to help me understand... Because there's a key. If I go to a restaurant and I look at the menu, but I never order, am I going to get anything? Okay? Life of faith, simple. You got to make an order. If you're going to... Ex- and, and, and without hope, the, the Bible basis for that idea is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if you put them in order like a little choo-choo train, (laughs) the hope comes first. And the Lord really had to deal with me because I could believe for other people. But my my what I hoped for myself was non existent. I don't know if anybody's I've had pastors challenge me, what are you believing for you? You pray for all these other people, but what are you believing for yourself? I had zero. Zero. I wasn't make I was at the restaurant and ordering for all these other people but I didn't make any orders for myself. Hope is your order. We think of hope as an attitude. But hope is like an order. I want chicken fried steak, biscuits and gravy. Okay? I, I, my, my training is architectural and for some of you that may have a construction experience and construction background The hope is the blueprint. Your builder has no idea what you want to build until you can sit down and get those blueprints done. Okay? Hope is not just a happy feeling. Oh, I'm hopeful today. Hope. Hope is the very thing that you are believing God for based on the menu of the Word of God. If it's in the menu, you can order it. And if it's a really good restaurant and we have a really good God, even if you can't find it in the menu, sometimes you can make special orders. <laughs> a little juicy tidbit for somebody. Okay? <clears throat> so, 
How many of you have ever been to a restaurant and been able to place an order without words? Kelly's up here, the, the peanut gallery. I, <laughs> she said she got real close to it in Mexico. Um, yeah, when you don't speak the language. Yeah, it, you probably have to use pictures and point to the pictures and stuff. <laughs> okay, but if you hopefully were citizens of the country where the menu and we know the language and we speak the language, she actually has a really good point. How many of us feel that we don't even know the language God speaks sometimes? But I, I want to encourage you tonight that if you can point to the menu, he'll still take your order. But words are important. Words are important. Words are important. We place our orders at the restaurant by saying, I want blah, 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 blah. Okay? The words are important. So hope is made up of words. When it comes to this, hope, just like you order at a restaurant, it's made of words. You release those words. Father, you say in your word, by your stripes, I am healed. You're releasing it with your words. You're releasing it with your words. Now, who takes your order if it's a restaurant that has not just a fast food? You've got a waiter, right? Or waiter or waitress, yes. I, I don't know if you are a waitress or not. But <laughs> so she's, it's just like, yes. Thank you for that clarification that you can have both. So faith is like the waiter who takes your order. The Spirit of God, how many of you know the scripture where it talks about, in the Genesis 1, where it talks about the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters? Hovering, hovering, hovering. Hovering, 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 but nothing happens. Nothing changes. Nothing happens at all until God releases his words and speaks, let there be light. And light was. The Spirit of God is like the cook in the kitchen. If you can give your order by faith and release it to the Spirit of God, Give those words to him based on the scriptures, based on the menu. He has something to work with. And again, I'm just sharing my personal whatever. The Lord, you know, I, I, you know the Lord is constantly, what are you believing for? Tapping me on the shoulder. What are you asking me for? Challenging me to stretch my faith for me. Because I have a bad habit of just going doop, 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 doop. I'm just going to live my life we don't have to folks we don't have to so the spirit of God is like the cook faith is like the water that orders sorry waiter or waitress waiter or waitress who takes that order they bring it to the kitchen or the spirit of God and they also bring it back to you when it's done the scripture says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay? So, um, not yet, Mike. Um, that's not a really complicated picture. It's not a really hard picture. But the more I looked at it, it's like, wow. 
And I, and I have found in my own life that as soon as I placed the order, things started to happen. And I was like, Lord, why didn't I do this earlier? I don't know about you, but it's easy sometimes to get focused on all kinds of things, just getting busy, getting with life, and kind of doing your own thing. God's up there. You know, you may love Him. You may worship Him. You may go to church. But when it comes down, what am I really believing for? What am I expecting Him to do in my life? Um... I want you to go ahead and skip skip the next one. There's a slide. Um, go ahead, next one. Now, uh, just stay there. Thank you. When this is what I have learned from my experience, it comes from a verse in Romans that Pastor Eric, you'll see it posted throughout the church. It's in Romans 15. And it talks about how we have uh, joy in believing. Joy in believing. And again, I kind of do everybody a disservice by not giving you the scriptural, scriptural, but it's in Romans 15. And it's a scripture that the Lord would bring me back because it mentions joy, it mentions hope, and it mentions believing. And the Lord, I, I don't know about you, and <laughs> my, my wife is my accountability, accountability, is that, a, is that a word, accountability partner? But anyway, so she can verify that there's a lot of times I'm not joyful, I'm not hopeful, and when I have an opportunity to go before the Lord and say, oh, Lord, I know I'm supposed to be, we're, we're, stu- we're preaching on joy and hope, you know, <laughs> Lord, help me get this. The Lord always brings me back to where's your hope and challenges me. Where have I allowed hopelessness to come in and steal my joy? Now, the thing that I want to point out tonight is that in my normal way of thinking, I would think that I'm not going to have joy until I receive the manifestation of whatever it is that I've ordered. But I want to take you back to that restaurant for a second. Do you enjoy that whole restaurant experience or do you just enjoy when the food gets there? If it's a good restaurant in there and they've got good service and it's not too cold and it's not too this and it's not too that and the people aren't too loud and there's not smoking coming from the other door, whatever. You know, you know yeah, we have a lot of things that, you know, we're not going to enjoy it unless it's like this. But um, I wanted to su- submit to you tonight that as soon as you allow that Bible hope to begin to permeate your thinking. Now, I don't know what challenges people face tonight. But, but just step with me. That if I'm facing sickness or weakness or, or something in my body, if I can begin to believe that that's going to change, that hope brings joy. If I can begin to believe that the negative circumstances in my life or the negative things in my own life that I can't seem to get victory over, that they have an expiration date, There's a date when that's going to be done. I'm not going to have to deal with that anymore. That begins to bring joy. And you can experience, once you step into hope and faith, and and, and like that menu picture in the restaurant, once you begin to make that your lifestyle, and I'm still working at it, I want you to know that. I'm still working at it. Joy just happens. You don't have to work at it. 
You don't have to come in and say, oh, for speaking on joy, or I'm on the, you know, I got to smile. You, know, you don't have to work at it because it just bubbles up out of you because God's, the cook's working. When you, as soon, let's go back to the restaurant picture. As soon as you've placed your order, how many of you go to a restaurant and question and doubt whether or not the cook's doing anything? Sometimes you do if the order takes forever. But most of our experience, when you place your order, the cook makes it. Is that right? That's faith. That's believing. When we move in faith, it brings joy. And of course, when the manifestation comes, there's joy. Woo-hoo. But you don't have to wait to have the party or have the joy. Until you receive, you can walk in that joy the whole time. The whole time. Um, Mike, there's a this, there's this slide. It's got worrying on it. If you could just pull that one up. Um, as we close tonight, and, and go ahead, and we're going to just going to kind of just talk about these two things, and we're going to close with this. So if you want to, go ahead and stand with me and just kind of stretch your legs tonight as we're kind of gearing down and winding down. I'm going to just throw something out there that I was telling somebody earlier today that I've gotten into this bad habit of making up words. So bear with me tonight because I'm doing that to you guys tonight. So um, most of us are familiar with what worry is. But for the sake of conversation and for the sake of what we're doing tonight, I just wanted to present that. Worry is when we have thoughts and images and emotions of a negative nature. Okay, We're believing that something bad is going to happen. That's worry. Meditating on that, that's worry. When our thoughts, our mind, our thinking is just concerned with things are never going to change, things are hopeless, blah, blah, blah. That's worry. And I want to pr- propose to you that an offer that there's an option. You have an option. You have an option. If you find yourself worrying, you have a choice. And I'm going to, I just called it faithing for lack of a better term. You might want to talk about it as dreaming with God. There's other pictures you could use, but I just, I just said faithing. You could also say hoping. But it's thoughts and images and emotions of a positive nature, inspired by God's goodness and his faithfulness to keep his word. Faithing is imagining that things can be different. So tonight as we close, what I'd like you to do is to just close your eyes. And I want you to just choose one situation. One situation that has seemed to be that mountain, that insurmountable thing, whether it's a personal issue in your life, whether it's an issue in somebody else's life, whatever it is, I want you to to focus for a moment, close your eyes, and focus on that thing. And I would like to invite you to begin to think positive outcomes to whatever that is. If it's somebody that doesn't know the Lord, begin to see them getting saved and serving the Lord. If it's sickness and disease in either your body or someone else's, begin to see, begin to, to, to imagine that that part is well and those things are working, whether it's in your body or somebody else's. If there has been this insurmountable thing in your life that never seems to go away and you can't get around, then it's been a mountain for way too long. 
I want you to just take a moment. I give you permission just to imagine things being different. Just begin to imagine the goodness of God coming into that thing, changing that thing. Don't see yourself having to change it or fix it or yourself doing anything, but just see the goodness of God, other than you might have to talk to it and believe. So, Father God, tonight, Lord, as we close, Father God, I am asking that in the name of Jesus, that not just one situation, but, Lord, every situation that we face in our lives, Father, that has been that giant or been that mountain that just won't seem to get out of the way. Father God, tonight, in the name of Jesus and by the authority of your word, I give everyone here, myself included, The permission to hope. The permission to believe that things can be good. (laughs) Not because we're good, but because you are. Because you are. Because you are, Lord. Father God, tonight where hopelessness has been something that we have begun to wear as a garment. Father God, tonight, Lord, I give people permission to, to take that off. To begin to dream again. To begin to hope again. Father God, where disappointment has fulfilled the assignment of the enemy to steal hope and, and, and bind it up in such a way that it, it can't operate any longer in our lives. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I cancel the assignment of fate and disappointment and wishing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, as I close, I just want to speak one more thing as to us corporately as a body. And Father God, just as you spoke to Hagar to lift up her eyes and to look, and you opened her eyes and she saw the well that was right there. Father God, I am asking, Lord, that you begin to lift, lift up our sight. Help us to see, Father, the things that you've already been doing, that you've already been doing to provide for us, to bring change, to bring hope, to bring life, to bring the goodness of God just bursting in on our lives, Father. God, just open our eyes to see tonight. Open our eyes, especially, Father, if we've, our whole lifetimes and our families for generations back have never seen these particular mountains moved. God, I ask that in the name of Jesus, you help us to just begin to lift up our eyes and see it gone. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The reason I'm asking that and praying that is because if we can't see it, If we can't even see good coming, 
There's no way we're going to have hope, faith, or ever see the manifestation of it. So sometimes that beginning place of even just beginning to see a thing is so critical and so important. So, Father God, I just believe and receive that tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're out of time. If you would like further prayer, our prayer um, teams will be up here. Other than that, the children, I'm sure, are ready for you to go pick them up. I've gone just three minutes over. Um, but anyway, so I bless you tonight. I bless you, and you're coming and you're going, and in everywhere in between, in Jesus' name.